I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Here we have the Daily Journal. This is Tuesday, where we give you your daily dose of news the way it ought to be heard. Truth, fact, not fake. Principle, not party politics or ideologies simply constitution simply what we should be hearing in media but we are not i have with me my husband and co-host jc hall and the uh this is very important day in american history the circus has come to town The circus has come to town in Washington, D.C., only it's not supposed to be a circus. It's supposed to be a, a Supreme Court judicial confirmation hearing for Kavanaugh. But that's not what we have. Why? Because we have politicians who want to make political statements rather than to ask constitutional questions in a confirmation hearing you will have uh, through this entire hearing I guarantee you will have nothing but politicians crafting five minute statements and then raising the intonation of their voice at the last three words so they're supposed to make it sound like they're actually asking a question this has become nothing but a a political theater so that these politicians can make sound bites for their upcoming election and nothing could be closer and nothing could be more true than than Kamala Harris yeah I mean seriously the spectacle that she made of herself and those protesters around her the spectacle that she turned this confirmation hearing into is is not justified it's not justified let me let me mention to you this confirmation hearing is not the place for political protests this is a a judicial committee hearing where the people ought to be engaged uh in discourse with themselves they you know by the time that our senators get to this hearing process they've all should have already heard from us 
And I think that's part of the problem, don't you? Yeah, well. Our senators don't hear from part us. Part of the problem. Right. But our senators don't hear from us. That is part of the problem. But because because we no longer, and, and here's the thing. There are many of you who are listening and say, well, you know, even if I did contact my senator, he would never listen. Well, that's what I'm talking about. It's no longer a matter of our, our inability to contact our senators. It's a matter of their unwillingness to be heard or to hear us. And that goes back to uh, a problem that we've been talking about now for eight years. It's why we have Liberty First University. It's because we have been taught the wrong things about how government works for a very, very long time. And uh, I want to mention to you that I wrote an article that is published at chrisannhall.com. I've been tweeting it and sharing it on Facebook. And it's called Vetting Kavanaugh According to the Constitution. Vetting Kavanaugh According to the Constitution. Why? Because that's how this is supposed to work. You see, we ought to be asking, our senators ought to be asking questions about the character of Kavanaugh and about the uh, knowledge of Kavanaugh and about his understanding of the Constitution. I have said this, you guys have heard me a thousand times. We don't need a conservative activist judge any more than we need a liberal activist judge. And that's not how our founders created our Constitution. That's not how they created the judiciary. That's not how they created any of the branches of government. And uh, JC and I were listening to the, ult- the opening statement of uh, Senator Ben Sasse. Yeah, from Nebraska. From Nebraska. And I want to play for you. Uh, we're going to, throughout the show today, we're going to be playing some clips. I want to play to you, with, uh, I want to play for you the very first clip that I have. Uh, and it's actually the first one minute and 24 seconds of, of Ben Sasse's um, opening, opening statement. statement. And, I, and, and we'll stop there and we'll talk about that. I, this is, by I the way, must hear. you must hear the entire 11 minutes and 50 seconds. I can't believe they let him go for 11 minutes and 50 seconds. They're only supposed to have 10 minutes. Yep. But apparently they were as impressed by his uh, colloquy as His diagnosis we of diagnosis federal dysfunction. Of, yes. And it's, it's refreshing for me to hear what we've been teaching for eight years actually come from the mouth of a senator. Yeah, he's a sharp guy. Yeah. He, he's usually on target. Well, I, I sure hope so. So uh, here's this clip. It's predictable that every confirmation hearing now is going to be overblown, politicized circus. And it's because we've accepted a new theory about how our three branches of government should work, and in particular, how the judiciary should work. What Supreme Court confirmation hearings should be about is an opportunity to go back and do schoolhouse rock civics for our kids. We should be talking about how a bill becomes a law and what the job of Article 2 is and what the job of Article 3 is. So let's try just a little bit. How did we get here and how can we fix it? I want to make just four brief points. Number one, in our system, the legislative branch is supposed to be the center of our politics. Number two, it's not. Why not? Because for the last century, and increasing by the decade right now, more and more legislative authority is delegated to the executive branch every year. Both parties do it. 
The legislature is impotent. The legislature is weak. And most people here want their jobs more than they really want to do legislative work. And so they punt most of the work to the next branch. Third consequence is that this transfer of power means the people yearn for a place where politics can actually be done. And when we don't do a lot of big actual political debating here, we transfer it to the Supreme Court. And that's why the Supreme Court is increasingly a substitute political battleground in America. It is not healthy, but it is what happens. And it's something that our founders wouldn't be able to make any sense of. You know, what struck me when he made that statement was a comment that you and I make all the time JC about how uh, uh, how how different British Parliament is from U.S. Congress, and there ought to be very live, lively, passionate discourse happening in Congress. But here's the thing: you can go to C-SPAN at any given time ta- where they're talking ab- on the floor about legislation coming up. What do you see? An empty Congress. Yeah. You see one congressman standing before the podium, unless it's a really big issue, right? So I remember when uh, when Rand Paul was uh, holding his his um, filibuster on uh, on the indefinite detentions and on Patriot Act and that sort of thing, and I remember when the people were debating Obamacare, you could go to C-SPAN and you could see, and here's the crazy thing that there were a few people there. But generally speaking, at any given time, during arguments for or against any piece of legislation, they're not there. Are you saying this exposes the Democrat hypocrisy? If, if they were serious, then they would do this All the know, time. on other occasions. So this is just, just uh, theater, political theater. Well, I'm saying that it's political theater on both sides. I'm saying because what we have is a situation where Kavanaugh's saying, look, there there is no discourse happening. There's no legislating happening in mm-hmm. the legislature. Yeah. So you have to attend a judicial committee hearing and protest a judicial committee hearing because the protests are not happening on the on the Congress floor. Yeah, yeah, that's his point because they, he's saying they shift they've shifted the Congress has shifted everything to the executive and uh, the judicial, well mainly the executive and then and that's why it turns in the judicial turns into the lightning rod. The mm-hmm. Supreme Court is now the lightning rod of politics because the, the political uh, discourse that's supposed to be happening in the Congress is not. And he he goes he makes the point further, you know that. Like we've said many, many times, uh, the way the Congress conducts their business is so they can shirk accountability. Uh-huh. It, and it, avoid responsibility. Ex- they, so you can let the Supreme Court take the brunt of the criticism. You can let the, the president. president take the brunt of the criticism. So Ben Sassy makes the point uh, later that this is a good strategy if all you're worried about is re-election. If all you're worried about is your incumbency, then it's a good strategy just to shirk your duties and shift everything to these alphabet agencies. Um, but it's not a good life for the people of this nation. And he says it's not health. It's it's not the indi- it's the indication of an unhealthy republic. Right. And I love how he yeah I love how he says later when we look out and you have pro- protesters at the steps of the Supreme Court, not 
at Congress, then it's a good indication that your system is out of whack because yeah. that's not where the political activity is supposed to take place. So that, it, it, I mean, it's great how he pointed that, that out. I mean, it's a good indicator, good signpost of, hey, Congress has shirked their duties. They created this scenario. And I'm, I'm really, I mean, we've, we have been teaching this. We have been preaching this for eight years. And my prayer is that now that it's coming from a politician, it's coming from Sassy, maybe it will be heard. It's well said. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, he says schoolhouse rocks. This is the schoolhouse rocks. I mean, this, I, like I asked you off air, how do we, how do we incorporate Ben Sassy's opening remarks in, into the curriculum LFU? I mean, he, he really sums it up well. Yeah, so when we come back after the break, we're going to hear what the founders have to say about Ben Sassy's assessment of Congress. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here and um, with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. We are actually right now broadcasting from Times Square. How exciting is that? We look yeah, out. We're awesome. in New York City broadcasting from Times Square. I have some in-studio interviews that uh, we'll be doing uh, uh, this, this evening and tomorrow. Uh, tonight I will be on I-24 News Tomorrow, I will be on Law and Crime in the morning, and tomorrow evening, we'll be on Newsmax. Yep. So I'm going to actually be in studio here in New York City, and we're very, very excited about that. And uh, so it's just kind of fun to be in the hotel room, once again, uh, doing this show for you. And we're covering the Kavanaugh, I'm sure you guys... The Kavanaugh Confirmation Circus. The Kavanaugh Confirmation Circus. I I'm mean, sure you guys were expecting that today. Yeah. I, you know, and that's it was kind of crazy why, from the get go. Yeah. So that's why we're a little bit behind in producing the show today because we've been busy doing stuff, uh, interviews here in New York City. And we wanted to make sure that we got in the most we could out of the Kavanaugh hearings before we brought you our summary. Yeah, I don't think they were 30 seconds. Uh, who was it? Cor uh, Grassley. Grassley given oh. his opening remarks. I don't think you're 30 seconds into the hearing and then Harris, you know, she is uh, interrupts she's and like somebody the definition else. of spectacle camilla harris it was total circus and i like how S uh, senator sassy says you know he talks about this should be a conversation with the american people a, a uh an opportunity where you you know you present to the american people this is how the system works you know right. so they can see it in action and and so you know his statement is really a statement to the American people, right? He's not going to convince any Democrats with this. They don't care. Well, here's and the I, thing. And I, I think the whole point is this is about the midterm elections, period. Yeah, That's right. It. The fact that Kamala Harris uh, engages in this spectacle and those who were involved in this protest proves Sassy's point. Number one, that the legislators are not willing to legislate. They're not willing to do their job. They want to shirk that job. And what's amazing is, you know, these Democrats actually organized this 
protest. They always right? do. So, but here's the thing. Who did they bring in? They bring, brought in m- members of the public yeah. to hold this protest. Is code, that Code Pink, are they still uh, in existence? Yeah, I don't know. But is that That's who not they used to tap. just more indication yeah. that we have senators who do not want to do their job? Right. So they drag people, they drag these protesters into the Senate Judiciary hearing. It's all orchestrated. Yeah. This is not impromptu this no, is no. not this is this is this third world guerrilla warfare politics it is complete kabuki theater trying to derail the process so it's like sassy said you know have the discussions say your piece it's a conversation with the american people present the process you don't you're you don't support the guy vote no you do vote yes see here's the That's thing. how it works camilla harris was like uh I, I need time to ask this question. We don't have enough information to, to make yeah, this. We got all these documents. Us. You know what's ridiculous? I wanted to say to her, you know what, you idiot? Of course you don't have all the information. You haven't had the hearing yet. Right. You haven't engaged in the process yet. Nobody's asking. Here's the thing. No one is asking these senators to vote today. today exactly. That was Nobody my first is thought. Asking them and that. she said, we well, got these several thousand pages. Okay, so go review them. D- this hearing process will continue for a while. For a while. And when you come across things in these documents that you want to want to deal with and do it. And there's no limitation to how long they can take. No. Nope. I mean, even if they have some procedural process that says we have to finish at 30, there's no constitutional requirement no. on when they finish this. If they need. So they they do the confirmations. They ask their questions. They get to the end and they're like, look, we've got some more documents to go through. So give us a chance to go through some more documents. Yeah. We'll come back and we'll ask some more questions. I think it's called cloture. So they basically yeah. hold a vote to say, are we done with these discussions yeah, or exactly. not? So can we go ahead and move to a vote? And they don't need to move to a vote. Hey, look. I am all for making sure that our senators have all the information sure. possible. I do not want anybody creating uh, a, a, a political, uh, well, let me put this, a judicial position. It is political now, but it's not supposed to be. A judicial position without all the information. I am not yeah. asking for them to rush through this. But the fact that they don't, we're not asking them to make a vote now. We're asking them to start the process, and all we get is irrational behavior, juvenile. Can I just simply say Kamala Harris is like like a junior high prom queen who's ticked off because she wasn't picked? Again, men tear up our constitution And from every direction We cry revolution Standing together and without permission Soldiers for truth in the war of attrition The love of our country As our The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, the Kavanaugh Review episode. 
the episode where we talk about the first day, the political theater, the kabuki theater, the the uh, uh, circus, as we were calling Democrat hysteria. Hysteria. It is completely irrational behavior. It is not befitting. Uh, uh, you know, Sassy was talking about character, right? Ta- he talks, in, in, and I want to play that clip about character. Uh, so I played in the first part of the show, the first minute and 24 seconds. I'm going to play the last two minutes of his, of his um, uh, opening statement as well because in this he talks about character. And that's what we're lacking. That's what Camilla Harris, C- Camilla Harris is like a character black hole. She she's completely void. Uh oh, is that a racist? Oh, uh, was it black oh, hole? Why does it gotta be a black hole? G- get the whistle. A dog was. Hey, talk. Is that a dog whistle? Talk to the black physicist. hole. Yeah, talk to the physicists. I didn't name the stupid thing. So here's the thing. You know, we we've got to start electing grownups. Yeah. To Congress, okay. You got to start electing grown-ups and not 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 uh, you know the re- the the cheerleader who's been rejected well, by the football the players. We, yeah. we talked about the people, the Demo- in particular Democrats that are on this committee with Booker and Harris. You, you know, you, you kind of expect this stuff because of what you said. You know, I mean, you know who these people are. I think that it would be fun if they had like a PowerPoint presentation going on. Uh, in the Senate, in in this judicial nomination hearing, right? Mm-hmm. And every time you had some some Booker or Harris make some stupid comment, <laughs> then you flash the quote up from Sassy about how we're exposing they don't want to do their job, right? You, you know they what? Should I w- be fired. Okay, here's what I want to see. So if we're making our own sort yeah, of reality here, kidding? Um, I, there was this show on Nickelodeon and. You know, when they would do something, you get slimed. You remember oh, that show? And yes. the kids would get slimed. Yes. So that's what I would like to see. So Camilla Harris, whatever stupid statement or question, which is pretty much any time she opens her mouth, then the then a bucket of slime just drops. She gets slimed. So you see Booker and Harris. How apropos covered slime, in slime for the slimy. Not black slime, mind you, but green slime. Green slime. Green. But that's probably, you're probably culturally abrogating some, yeah, well, some green it's thing. It's offensive to Martians, um, right? Offensive to... F- yeah, it's, it's racist like fr- against Martians because I said, okay, frogs because I said green slime. Being green. But it's not a black hole dog whistle. Anyway, so this statement says? from Sassy about character. Yeah. What are we? What are we? What are we listening for here? Well, we're not getting there yet. We're going to be playing that. Okay. But I wanted. I, I want to talk about how in this fir- his opening statement he talks about how the the judiciary and and this carries on through his 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 opening statement how the judiciary has actually become legislative branch yeah. because we have we have congress ab, uh, shirking their responsibility avoiding accountability transferring their power quite unconstitutionally by the way yeah. to executive agencies he calls them abc agencies and and to the legislative branch. That's why we have judicial activists. Right. Isn't that what Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana said also? I think he called them a little Congress. Yeah. Like, and they're yeah. not supposed to be a little Congress. But you have to look at that, that. You know, I mean, we're not even just identifying here what the Supreme Court is doing. This is the whole federal court system. Yeah. The whole federal court system has become this little Congress because Congress because refuses to do Congress. their job. Because of Congress. Exactly. Because of Congress. I want to. Now, this is from the article that I wrote about vetting Kavanaugh according to the Constitution. And what I want, I want to point out here, it's, it's in line with what Sassy was saying. 
And uh, something that we need to talk about, because Sassy talked about how we need to get back to the schoolhouse rock definition of yeah. government. We need to understand the principled role of the judiciary. And I want to point out here that if, if the rights of the people are really to be preserved, because that's the purpose of the Constitution, right? Then Supreme Court opinions cannot take the place of legislation and be viewed as the law of the land. Right. So we have to change that about the way we think and about the way we speak. I would have loved it if Sassy would have come out and said, sure. let me remind you, Supreme Court opinions are not the law of the land. But what what really is amazing about Sassy's uh, opening statement here is he is identifying the problems. Right. Mm -hmm. he, talk, he talks about how and, and Kennedy said they become a little legislative branch. And 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 Sassy talks about how they've abdicated. Right. The Congress has thrown off all the responsibility. Well, that's this is the the indication of that problem. The fact that the American people call Supreme Court opinions the law of the land. Mm -hmm. It's something we've been trying to. Yeah, to the impress upon people that that the Supreme Court does not make law yeah. and their opinions are not the force of law. Right. And Congress has abdicated so much uh, power that they're not even recognized as the legislative branch. Some other branch is looked at as the source of law. Well, think about it's this. It's crazy. But in fact, both other branches, the executive with yeah. these agencies and their regulations, right. as well as the law of the land Supreme Court. And executive orders. Yeah. So both both. The other two branches are talked about in a way that they are the source of law, whereas Congress is completely gone because, as Sassy said, they've become impotent. Well, they've now I've just I just thought another example. I've heard thought of another example. DACA. DACA yeah. is not legislation. Right. It's an executive order. Yeah. And yet we we have congressmen debating the legitimacy of DACA as if it were legislation. Yep. But it is not legislation. It comes from the executive branch. Unbelievably dysfunctional. How do we get away from this erroneous uh, mentality in America that is so dangerous to liberty. You, Ro, what's going to be the big discussion here? Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And how, what's, what, what are the statements that always follow Roe v. Wade? Well, you know Roe v. Wade is the law of the land. The law of the land. It is not law. Okay, so here we go. Ben Sassy, Schoolhouse Rock. The led, lawmaking is reserved to the legislative branch alone. James Madison. Raise your hand if you know James Madison, yep. right? Father of the Constitution. He says... This, there can be, this is quote James Madison, there can be no liberty if the power of judging be not separated from the legislative and executive powers. Yeah. I want to repeat that. He says there can be no liberty. But we now have at least two senators who are recognizing that the judiciary has become a legislative functioning body, yeah. which means by James Madison's definition, there is no liberty in America anymore. Right. Not only that, Alexander Hamilton says, quote, the general liberty of the people can never be endangered from the judiciary. He says, I mean so long as the judiciary remains truly distinct from both the legislative and executive. When Supreme Court opinions hold the force of law are viewed by the people, the American people and their courts as law. Liberty is in peril. Who was that? Hamilton, Hamilton and Madison. So we need Supreme Court justices that know the Constitution. 
is a compact between the states that created the federal government. And they created three branches of federal government where the first branch, first branch, the first branch the people go to branch is the legislative branch where the laws are made. Yep. You know, we don't call the, the president's branch a legislative branch. We call it the executive branch. Why? Because the purpose of the executive branch is to execute the laws, the laws, Mm -hmm. not to create the laws, not to modify the laws, not to abolish the laws, unless, of course, they're unconstitutional, but to execute the laws. We don't call the judiciary the legislative body. We call them the judiciary because they are to what? Judge the laws. Judge the laws according to the Constitution. Well, these two quote the quotes that you gave from Hamilton and mm-hmm. Madison, both, um, you know, Sassy was I want to say they reiterate what he said, but the other way around. Uh, but they talk about you know when you have this dysfunction, you don't have liberty. And what is why don't you have liberty? Right. I love how Sassy keyed in on this in really uh, explaining very simply that. The people are cut out of the process, right? right. He, he right. gives an example of some alphabet agency, you know, plant accountability, whatever, uh-huh. some, some crazy sounding thing, uh, makes some regulation, right, and imposes this regulation on the people of the state. What recourse do they have? They can't decide not to reelect some bureaucrat that's making this regulation right. because they didn't elect him. So they can't hire or fire, right? The reason why this stuff is supposed to remain in the legislative branch and how that protects the people's liberty Mm -hmm. is that we then have a chance to fire those people. Well, let's listen to what Sassy says right here at the end of of his opening statement. Because he's going to a job where he's not supposed to be a super legislator. So the question before us today is not what does Brett Kavanaugh think 11 years ago on some policy matter. The question before us is whether or not he has the temperament and the character to take his policy views and his political preferences and put them in a box marked irrelevant and set it aside every morning when he puts on the black robe. The question is, does he have the character and temperament to do that? If you don't think he does, vote no. But if you think he does, stop the charades. Because at the end of the day, I think all of us know that Brett Kavanaugh understands his job isn't to rewrite laws as he wishes they were. He understands that he's not being interviewed to be a super legislator. He understands that his job isn't to seek popularity. His job is to be fair and dispassionate. It is not to exercise empathy. It is to follow written laws. Contrary to the onion-like smears that we hear outside, Judge Kavanaugh doesn't hate women and children. Judge Kavanaugh doesn't lust after dirty water and stinky air. No, looking at his record, it seems to me that what he actually dislikes are legislators that are too lazy and too risk-averse to do our actual jobs. It seems to me that if you read his 300-plus opinions, what his opinions reveal to me is a dissatisfaction, I think he would argue a constitutionally compelled dissatisfaction, with power-hungry executive branch bureaucrats doing our job when we fail to do it. And in this view, 
I think he's aligned with the founders. For our Constitution places power not in the hands of this city's bureaucracy, which can't be fired, but our Constitution places the policymaking power in the 535 of our hands because the voters can hire and fire us. And if the voters are going to retain their power, they need a legislature that's responsive to politics, not a judiciary that's responsive to politics. It seems to me that Judge Kavanaugh is ready to do his job. The question for us is whether we're ready to do our job. It's predictable that every... Amen and hallelujah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Who's ready to do their job? Obviously not Kamala Harris. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the final segment of our Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our the beginning of the Kavanaugh hearings, the beginning of the circus conducted and orchestrated by the politicians who do not want to do their job. And you know what I find very fascinating about this entire thing is that it's just more proof that we have a complete, and, and you know, you, you had said dysfunctional. I want to say non-functional. Yeah. We have a non-functional government. You see, when all your government can do is spend, that is not government, right? That's, th- that's, a, that's a 13-year-old girl with a free credit card. I bet that was misogynist in my statement right there. Man, you but are I am on a killing roll it today. Today. Character. Isn't that what this is all about? This is all about character. And when you talk, when our founders talk about who they wanted us to have, how we were to go through the selection process, character was the key. You know, it's why the President of the United States, by Constitution, must be 35 years old. Because our founders, these are their words, said that we needed to have the chief executive who is lived long enough of a life so that the people who are vetting him for that job will be able to look through his life and see what kind of person he is. Yeah. That should always be the first thing. What kind of person? And here's the thing. Start the stinking process. Yeah, Stop th- throwing temper tantrums. That's easy to do with, with this guy. That, that's the thing. All this stuff is smokescreen because it's not like you can't find out who he is and what he stands for. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, we, but we know this. We know it's not sincere. Um, I, I will say again, let me repeat, repeat this. This is what I think. The Democrats, they don't have a message they don't have a platform. Right. They have nothing. Right. So it has to be this racist, misogynist, gobbledygook. And in this particular case, it's about uh, riling up their radical base, getting them frothing at the mouth so that they can motivate them to get to the polls in the midterm election. You, you and I, we, we went to the Florida primaries 
last week, right? Mm -hmm. And I, we were looking at the results, and I was looking at the numbers, and we noticed, because you're talking a state where Democrats outnumber Republicans in registration, yet mm -hmm. we looked at the numbers, and the, then the GOP was showing up bigger in, in mm -hmm. greater numbers than the Democrats uh, in, in that primary. And I, to me, it was just more confirmation that this is what they're worried about since they have no message. And, and again, we talked about this before. We looked at those uh, the news reports and the videos of those Democrats and these centrist Democrats and some of these others saying, oh, our party has doesn't have a message. We, we've got to get a message. This we hate Trump is just not going to get the job done. So this to me, as I said to you over lunch, uh, it strikes me as thou dost protest too much mm -hmm. right when you see them acting so hysterical so bonkers and turn this into such a circus it just signals to me that they're scared to death they're desperate and grasping at straws and they're not they're not afraid of Kavanaugh he's not the book they're no. not the one that he's afraid of they're afraid of losing their political power because yeah. they have no message Kavanaugh is not Robert Bork no Kavanaugh is Kavanaugh's not even Gorsuch when it comes to constitutional perspectives. No, he's got a uh, couple of like the support for Obamacare. Yep. And he's got some Fourth Amendment issues where he's he, got some big Fourth Amendment issues. Where he's sort of a police power guy, which the Democrats, uh, you know, I, most of them would normally support. Right. Some exactly. of these things, exactly. you know, so it's not like he like you said, he's not some boogeyman. And the average American doesn't see him as some big, scary you know, guy, death to re to the republic. So it just makes these Democrats look ridiculous. Desperate. I think you you hit the nail on the head. They look, and and I think what this is is actually a, a manifestation of their desperation. So it there all encouraged no it all encouraged the GOP. Yeah, I think so. For them to be this unhinged. They are they are unhinged. They're irrational and they are desperate. Hey, look, we are going to continue to cover this and we're going to continue to bring you the constitutional perspective. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Let me know in my heart when my days are through. I gave my best to you